What's up, people of the internet? This week we discuss more iPhone rumors, evidence of a larger iPad, being productive with Apple products, and Taylor Swift. It's episode 007 of Magnificent. As always, I'm Ian Fuchs, and I'm joined by our two lead panelists, MacTrash.com senior editor Chris Hout, and the real Dr. No, Jay Glenn Kunzler. How are things with you guys today? Doing good. How about you? Always living life. Always what do I have to time. do to get an FD nickname like Glenn does every week? I, I don't know. Uh, you just have to be as cool as I am, Chris, which uh, you've, you've you, got a ways to go. Okay, so. we, I, I th- I'm not sure I ever want to be that cool. So I think it requires no actual title to get a made-up title every week. <laughs> hey, I, I have a title. So anyone can get one. Okay, got it. Former Managing Editor Emeritus. Thank you very much. Former Managing Editor Perfect. I'm I sure will. he spent like five hours looking up in a thesaurus about emeritus. <laughs> and I, I assume if we went to the the proper source, they would tell us what your official title was. Who who is the proper source? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I don't. Probably know. some jerk this, that worked with you for a couple of years. This. <laughs> <laughs> For this week, you're the real Dr. No, and uh, the only reason that you're the real Dr. No is obviously episode 007, because why not? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to Bond theme things this week, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Bond movie? I gotta go with Live and Let Die. It's a 1973 movie. It, uh, it was one of Roger Moore's. And back in the 70s, uh, black exploitation movies were really big. A lot of big movies, Shaft, Superfly, <clears throat> The Mac. And they decided to cash in on, uh, on the craze and uh, basically made the Bond movie into a black exploitation movie. And it was really interesting to watch. It, uh, it was uh, kind of wild. They had, you know, they had the big drug lord in Harlem and with two tons of heroin he's trying to distribute. And it was great. I loved it. And, uh, you know, you had your standard uh, black exploitation cliches. And uh, and, and that was a... Uh, Harlem. That was a... Uh, who played Bond in that one? Is that a Roger Moore? That was Roger Moore. It yeah. may have been his first one. Let me look. I, yeah, the first to star Roger Moore. Okay, and, and I know Sorry. I know my favorite is also Roger Moore. Um, I, I don't know why, but I really like Moonraker. Uh, I think just because it's it's kind of silly, and for whatever reason, it's one that always stands out in my head. I mean, there are a couple others that also stand out for me. But did that, did Moonraker have Jaws in it? Uh, I believe that was one of them that had Jaws in it. Richard Richard Kyle, who played Jaws, died this week. Really? Yeah, he was wow seventy eight. Wow. Apparently, he and Roger Moore were very close. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a downer. Glenn, where do you uh where do you stand on the favorite movie, Glenn? You know, I'm a huge Daniel Craig fan and uh, I really really enjoyed Skyfall. It's uh, probably my very favorite one. I have to say, I think of of all the movies, Live and Let Die definitely has the best theme song, I think. Although Gold yeah. Goldfinger is also a very good theme song, but I think Skyfall is a very close kind of second third yeah, great music. Uh, somewhere in there, as far as, as far as the theme song goes, and yeah, you're a you're a Daniel Craig fan, so obviously you get Spectre. Oh, this year. Yeah, I'm so excited which, about that. Which I I'm I'm excited about. Um, uh, have you guys heard the rumors that there may be yet a new guy coming in 
for whatever the next Bond movie after Spectre is. Uh, rumors are that it could be Damian Lewis, who Chris informs me is from Homeland. Uh, or it could be Idris Elba, who uh, played in Obsessed, and there was another movie recently that I can't think of that he was in. Um, was he... Um... I, I know. I want to. I want to say he was in the Wire. Yeah, he's in the Wire. Yeah, a series on HBO. So, Great series. So for me, I, I'm, I'm torn. I, I, it was a shock to me to go to Daniel Craig, from many of the previous Bonds. That whole like, dark hair, dark eyes to blonde hair, blue eyes, and then now, they're looking at either a ginger, or, a black guy, which to me seems like a shift not that it bothers me either way it's just kind of that whole idea that bond has always been for you know for 50 years a white guy white british guy a white british guy with dark hair <laughs> yeah. and to, he likes martinis yeah, shaking nuts exactly um, and then daniel craig ruined that and he said i don't care about his martini mm-hmm so, which just took me right out of the movie, and so right. I just totally didn't believe anything else I saw in the oh, movie. Oh man, that guy so, has so way more going on than Martinis, man. Martinis are the least of his concerns. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure how I feel about it all. It, it, the world's changing. It is, and and it might be that they're milking the series a little bit, or we're supposed to believe that it's that born identity effect where. Everyone who takes on the number 007 is named James Bond, and they are assigned the name. So that that excuses the difference in person. So James Bond is just like Iron Man. Or, right, it's, oh, it's the hero Spider-Man. name. Whoever's in the suit, or exactly. whoever's in the tuxedo, I guess, in this case. Exactly. Change is bad. <laughs> Switching gears to the general topic of the show. Uh, really quick, new rumors are out about the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus or 6 Plus S. Plus, we had that. <laughs> that one claiming that it may be a little bit thicker to accommodate force touch. Um, but the good side of that is that it could get rid of that camera bump that everybody loves so much. Um, Thicker so, with no bumps. So this is. <laughs> yep. That's the <laughs> Obviously, one. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Are you guys bothered Please, by the on. idea of a slightly thicker device, even if it's only a millimeter or two? I mean, are we are we to a point where it's like, okay, we get it. The device is thin. Does it need to get thinner? Do we need that? Certainly not. I think my main concern, and, yeah. and the concern of a lot of people who have bought accessories and, and cases for their device, is that. Um, it it doesn't get so much thicker that their current set of stuff doesn't work because people are used to using that stuff for a couple of years because um, typically the right, form factor right. change is not a radical one. Speaking of form factor changes, really quick, I got a Zag uh, keyboard case for my iPad this week, uh, and it's for the iPad Air 1. Did you guys know that the camera's not in the same place? I did know that. It It is slightly different. Yeah, so... I can't use my camera on my iPad. And also, I took a uh, kitchen knife to the volume area mm-hmm. to get rid of the part where it pushed mm-hmm. on the button because of where the 
old rotate lock slash sound switch was. Yeah. So there was a device that went generation to generation and changed hmm. after the iPad went, what, three years in a row, three updates in a row without right. changing. Right. Yeah, that's so, fun. That was a surprise to me. Surprise. Uh, so, um, but kind of back to the iPhone thing. Uh, does Does the removal of the camera bump appeal to you in in any way I, I could give a crap less about it i have to admit I, it drives me nuts i don't use it for like a level or anything like that so I don't care. it's not even that when i i set my i set my phone down on the counter a lot um and i've noticed that when i do i'm always like cautious to set it down because the last thing i want to do is scratch that little piece of sapphire that's over the camera lens because if you get a scratch in front of it, then every picture you take forever is crappy because it has now a scratch mark through it, basically. So I'm but isn't that why it's sapphire, so it won't uh, scratch? Yeah, but it's not perfectly resistant do to you, all scratching. I mean, do you, do you set your? Do you have like a rough concrete table in your house you use for? No. Use a lot. <laughs> Just it's, it's usually it's it's like. The bedside table, which is fake wood and don't, the granite countertop. Don't set it on the sharp diamond-encrusted table you have in your living room. Oh. I know you're proud of that diamond-encrusted table. It, that, wow. Those aren't diamonds. That's Swarovski crystal. This guy is blinged out. <laughs> well, we'll give you his address later today, folks. Don't <laughs> guys can have it, really. I, I need to get rid of it. The thing's heavy as hell. Rainbow colored crystals the too. The... If anybody's interested in rainbow colored Swarovski, rainbow colored crystal too <laughs> sounds like something you take at a party, <laughs> <laughs> or so I'm told. <clears throat> so rainbow colors—that's the other thing with the i the rumored iPhone—is that we're still hearing rumors that they're going to be uh, a rainbow collective of colors, and by that I mean silver, a yellow gold the rose gold and now they're saying that space gray might actually go back to a darker gray more similar to the space gray watch which if you compare space gray on the watch to space gray on the phone are nothing similar as as glenn can attest to since you have the space gray watch and indeed they're quite different colors correct quite profoundly different it's it's at least four to five good shades darker on the watch yeah. So so now the new rumor is that the the space gray iPhone will take on the darker gray color again. I would love for it to go all the way back to like the iPhone 5 gray. Well, here here's the issue. The issue is with the aluminum that they use on the iPhones and the level to which they can anodize it without having chipping problems like they had on those darker uh original iPhone 5s. Um but that lends itself nicely to another rumor that's been flying around lately about Apple moving to the same 700 series aluminum that they use in the watch on the phones, which uh, I, I think would be a very nice change. It's a, it's a more durable, more solid, higher quality aluminum that would allow them to do that darker anodization. Right. And it's, it's also um, because it's stronger, it's, it'll prevent the whole bend gate thing in theory. Let's hope. Um, that that well, was or, that was kind of a joke would, anyway, right? Well, I I don't know. Somebody thought it was serious. 
Yeah, the, the guy that took his thumbs against the back of his foot and went, hey, look, yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, that's the one. And or, or the guy who put it on the machine and actually compared it to the Galaxy S5 and was like, look, plastic bends more than metal. I'm Unbox Therapy, and if you bend stuff, it bends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the whole deal with all the different gray colors is very simple, very logical. They are simply trying to appeal to the ladies who love Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and that's what they're going for. <laughs> Never say that I, again. I think, I think you've, I think you've Fifty Shades thought about this way gray. too much. The, the Tim Fifty Cook Shades story. of iPhone. Or the Johnny Ive story, perhaps. Fifty Shades of iOS. Fifty Shades of Space Grey. Yeah. So, so, I guess for me, regardless of the color... Um, the the thing that I want to get down to the bottom of and what will, I think, for me this fall be the big thing is do they go with an S upgrade or will they go to 7 or will they drop the iPhone name? And we had a discussion about this earlier this week and you guys think I'm totally crazy. For my theory, um, and, and maybe my theory doesn't come into effect for another year. Maybe they do a 6S and a 6S plus. And then the following year, they, they change it. But I think they're going to drop the iPhone name and and go a little retro with it. What would they call and it? Call it iPod. iPod. I think they're going to call it iPod. And the reason I say that is because they've done a good... They've slowly killed off the classic. You have the Nano and the Shuffle. But they're really not prominent devices. And it wouldn't take a lot for them to let those fade away, right? I mean, really, how many of those are... Like, Shuffle, unless somebody's just using it for working out, they're not selling a lot of... The Nano, uh, I don't know, maybe. Um, But I think they would go iPod. They would kill off the iPod Touch as it is right now and make the iPhone an iPod. So it'd be an iPod with a SIM card slot, would still make calls, still have a data connection to your carrier but then also has wi-fi but the idea that those don't really need to be separate devices especially when you look at what you know most nine-year-olds are carrying now they're carrying a smartphone instead of an ipod anyway that's my logic behind it you know i don't see a change in the name but i I can't see it happening the name iphone has become so iconic for apple that I don't think they're going exactly. to give it up easily. Now, I can see a redoing of their platform happening. Um, it would be very easy to see something like the iMac simply become the Macintosh. You've already got the Mac Pro assuming its name as the upper level of the Macintosh. You've got the MacBook. I could see them calling that entire line the MacBook if the changes that they've made on the 12-inch MacBook... Uh, migrate over to the rest of the line, which I, I think it's only a matter of time before something like that happens. Um, sure. I, I can see a lot of simplification of their naming structure. I really can't see the name iPhone going away. Um, unless they choose something future iconic, like Apple Phone. Apple Phone, Apple Watch, Apple Macintosh, some, some scheme like that. It, it doesn't seem like it would be a smart move for them, though. Yeah, the iPhone is such a well-known 
I can see them dropping the numbering but, scheme and going back to just calling it iPhone, iPhone. and then using the yeah. year-based numbering scheme that they use with Macs. It, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem likely to me that they do that, uh, basically because they had the opportunity to drop that with the iPad. You know, two years ago, they could have gone iPad Air, and then the following year, instead of going iPad Air 2, just iPad Air gets an update. And instead, they went with iPad Air 2, and they kept the numbering system on it. And so now, like, to ditch the numbering system, not that they haven't gone through that. You know, they did that with the original line of iPads. They had the iPad, and then they had the new iPad. And then the iPad with Retina Display, or whatever they did for the third and fourth generation, like, they tried things without numbers, and shot themselves in the foot and they went back to numbers and so is is there something in there that i think numbering is more important in mobile devices almost like a version for an app why do you say that so everybody so so everybody can say well i've got the latest if you just everything's called the iphone or everything's just called the ipad then you have to go i've got the ipad sixth generation with super retina you know two gig RAM A10 processor. See, but why isn't, of why isn't ago, that I've true of the, the Mac? iPad Air 3. Because um, it's been this way for the Mac for a long time, right? If, if you ask somebody what they've got, they say, well, I, you know, I've got the iMac. I've got, I've got the thin 2012 one, right? And, and it, it seems to work just fine. That's true. Hmm. I, I think where I don't like the iPhone side of things is just the, the S that drives me nuts. And and part of the reason I don't like that is because, like, this fall, in theory, we see the iPhone 6S, but Samsung released the Galaxy S6. And so now you have this, like, stupid symmetry where the names are almost the same, and if they, if Apple could at least drop the S then it makes sense. But then if the iPhone 7 looks just like the iPhone 6, it makes more sense for it to be an S because every other model has been an S. See, so then and, they and have to get down to this, like, we change. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I with you here. Um, I, I spent some time working at an AT&T store that's, that's owned by our company, and uh, three or four different times that day, I heard a customer come in and say, um, do you have the success? And the person behind the desk would have to say, do you mean the 6S or do you mean the S6? Because we have both of those things and they're very different. And, and It's just too confusing. You know, pe- people could mean either one. People get confused. People call iOS ISO. I mean, it's, 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 it's out of control. Oh, We've I got too many acronyms too. going on. Yeah. And, well, another thing too, like now that they've added the plus, obviously that, just adds another word of complication to the whole thing. And so I, I, I feel like something has to shake with the, the naming system. They have to figure out some way to differentiate. And, you know, HTC is doing the same thing with their 1M8 or 1M9 or whatever. And so the phone is the 1, but then the M whatever is just the model whatever. Maybe there's some way with that that Apple can can mix it up. You know, it becomes the iPhone and the iPhone Plus. One, two, three. 
whatever. So if they drop the numbering system, could they just go to iPhone and start back at one? See, but I don't even think you need a one. I mean, if, if they're going to do it, they're, they're not going to worry about numbers at all. It's going to be iPhone late 2015 or, or mid 2015 or, or whatever. But but then you've got people going into the store. Well, I want the iPhone mid 2015. Right, like, it just seems I, like. An... Well, and especially with Apple always maintaining an old device. Mm-hmm. Like they always hang on to last year's model as the, you know, the hundred dollar cheaper model when you get right. it with contract or, you know, $200, whatever it is you know without contract whatever that price differential is so yes online it makes sense if you go through and you're like oh well i want the one that's cheaper click that but if you go into a store and you're like well, i want iphone and the person behind the counter goes okay which model do you want do you want the one that looks just like the other one but is a hundred dollars cheaper because it's last year's because now they're both just called iphone or do you want the new one that's fancier and better See, but again, I, I, that I think there's an easy way out on this. It's, it's pretty easy to say, well, look, we've got one that just came out this year. It's a little bit faster, or there's this one that's been around for a while. I, I call back to the Mac again, because Apple releases new Macs of some form every year, and, and this never seems to trip people up. The old models are always around for a while, and, and yet if somebody comes and says, I would like a Mac Mini, there's still a, a really easy, quick way to find out which Mac Mini is best for them. But typically when that happens, all of them get a flat up, like whether it's the low end one or the high end one, don't they all like, so I go onto Apple's website today and I say, I want to buy the 15 inch MacBook pro with retina display. I know essentially that I'm going to get this year's model. Cause there's no way for me to buy the one from last year without the force touch, unless I go into the certified refurbed and, that whole well, that's and, and that's where they use their end of life distinction, right. so so that you know whether you're getting something old or something that's the latest. So, but but that whole idea gets a little bit skewed with the phone because they do retain an old model for longer. Like once they're still one, producing the old right, model, once the new model comes out, they're still making the old one at the same time. Whereas with the with the the Max and IMAX and crap like that. Whatever the one the new one is, that's just the one they're making. They'll they'll clearance out the old inventory, or they'll, you know, no more rack or Groupon or Mac Mall or whoever they're gonna have sell right. those out, send them off to Best Buy and let them deal with it. So um, let let's do Apple's marketing team's work for them for a minute here. Yeah, because they do such a lousy job. How do we solve this? How do we solve this naming problem? Um, what would be the ideal way? to use a unified naming scheme like iPhone while avoiding the types of problems that Ian brings up, such as the confusion of when somebody just says... Do we want to give this to them for free? Shouldn't we be asking for money? Uh, this, this is copyrighted material. They can't just take this. <laughs> Have you met Apple? <laughs> you, you know what's going to happen is we're going to come up with this great solution, and next spring... Samsung's going to release a new phone and they're going to steal our damn naming convention, whatever we come up with, and they're going to use it for their device. They're going to go, oh, we're going to beat Apple to the punch. We're going to take this this idea from these guys. Here's the Samsung phone. The Samsung phone. <laughs> and the Samsung phone edge. Don't remember. Don't forget that one. Yeah, the phone edge. And the Samsung phone edge plus LTE turbo. turbo. Samsung is way too screwed to embrace something this simple, guys. I think we have to accept yeah. that. Yeah, I I think I I could see. 
Ho- hopefully they do I could see them, our idea. <laughs> I could <laughs> see them going iPhone that. and iPhone Plus. I really could. But I think if they do that, maybe this year or maybe it's next year with the 7, you know, if it, whenever they change the design of the device like extensively, assuming they do that, I could see iPhone and iPhone Plus. But then I think every model after that, they're going to have to do some identifier to specify what it is. Whether it's the year, whether it's a number, whether it's, I don't know, something. Something's going to have to signify that it's the new one. Or maybe they just stop offering last year's model and use the C models for that. Now that that would be a, an interesting way to look at it too is that last year's model goes into the plastic case gets the C branding which we have we haven't seen a new C since the 5S the first one it's the 5C yeah right well the 5S launch when that one came out then they introduced the 5C which was the 5 in plastic casing right so in theory this year would be their chance to do that yeah i could see that that last year's model Goes into a plastic shell and gets to be the C. Because you don't stop. really see the 5S being actively offered anymore, right? True. That it is the 5C. So that's that's the solution: is you have the iPhone seven, or you have the iPhone, the iPhone Plus, and the iPhone C. Yeah. And and does it stay as a four-inch screen? They can do whatever they want. The thing that's that's really going to matter is the specs. So it's going to just be whatever last year's model was. I don't think they're ever going to go back to a four-inch screen, to be perfectly honest. I would hope not, but... Now that mine eyes have seen the glory of the larger size screen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So sticking with this whole name change topic, which I didn't expect to spend that much time on... um, what do we think is going to happen with OS X? Because, well, Glenn, you missed it last week. Chris and I discussed the terrible El Capitan name choice that Apple made. And you, you have a theory about what that means for next year's desktop yeah. OS, Mac OS. Uh, and what do you think that is? I, I, I don't think it's a terrible name at all, for one. And, and here's why. <laughs> It's horrible. Um, it's fun to say. How do you top a name like El Capitan? Nobody can top that. What, what convention would you come up with to improve upon such a grandiose, over-the-top name? What I OSX think is Redwood. No way. Like, that's, that's, that's not even fabulous. close. Like, <laughs> I, I, I could walk down the street and scream... El Capitan. I, I can't think of anything more fun to say. Anything well, that's more you, that's because you anything live in Utah. more capping for their naming scheme. Oh well, there, there's there's yeah, more the 12, fun things the to say, but not when I'm referring to the Mac OS. I think this is Don't you call yourself El Capitan? Uh, oh, only on Tuesdays, Chris. You should know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is their this Never is their final the name for OSX as we know it. Or at least for um, for version ten, which which gave OSX its its the, ten naming scheme. Right, I think we're on the verge on of a new generation of operating systems. 
OS X, as we know it, is, is done. We're going to move on to version 11, which I think they're going to do something pretty revolutionary with. That's, that's going to call for an all-new naming scheme. Maybe we're looking at the dawn, and, and here, here's what I think. They've got all of these platforms that are all using basically the same common core technology. iOS uses the same core technology as OS X. The watch uses the same core technology as iOS. Maybe it's time we just got Apple OS and left it at that. Let it do its variation. Let it learn a little bit of something from what Microsoft has done. And, and I, I hate to give Microsoft credit, but I think they did something really smart here when they unified the Windows 8 platform. You no longer have Windows Mobile and Desktop Windows as a distinction. They're all Windows 8. They all use a common library of apps. They all behave commonly. You have a very similar interface between them. They all work pretty seamlessly together. That seems to be exactly the sort of thing Apple's going for. Just not specialized to, versions of the same OS for each device. Not to throw the biggest wrench I own at you, um, but doesn't Windows 10 bring back Windows 10 and Windows Mobile? Do they? That does it? Yeah. I think he's right. They, they're, they're separating out mobile again because it needs to be its own thing. Well, son of a bitch. So, <laughs> so not to totally... But thanks for filling up four minutes of air. Not to <laughs> totally just crap on that one for you, but... Now, I don't disagree. I do think that, that we are at a dawn of Apple needs to, to upgrade beyond 10. Look at him question me. He's freaking Googling it. <laughs> hey, man. Um, this is the information age. I gotta know if that's right. I, I, I only know that because... Uh, I think I remember reading it on Twitter right after they announced it. They were like, rip Windows Mobile. Hey, Windows Mobile's back. <laughs> it was like a year oh, later. Oh, my goodness. And they also, I also just want to point out, they never went to uh, Windows 10 or 9. They went from 8 to 10, which to me was weird. It was one of those like, eh, you didn't count. Yeah, l- l- let me teach you how to count to 10. <laughs> 1, so. 2, 3.1, 95, 98, XP, 8, 10. You forgot 2,000 <laughs> ME. That's 10, and 2,000. I missed a All few steps, ones. but they missed don't a forget lot. Win, don't forget Windows ME. Oh, God. Don't, don't even go Top there. notch. Vista. Vista's in there. See, that, that, that's become a, that, that's a swear word. Like, nobody even wants to talk about that anymore. That was a disaster. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I don't disagree that I think that Mac OS X uh, is probably due for a shift. Um, I think I I, and, and I I still think the unification theory has some merit, I, and I think I think it does, and I I don't I think that from a certain level they could be unified, but I think they're still going to have separate names. There's there's too much invested in iOS as a name, and now they've done this Watch OS as a name. So I think I think eleven might go Mac OS, and I think back several several years ago. They actually did call the Macintosh OS Mac OS mm-hmm. at one point, but it it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see it come back, see it stylized MAC all lowercase capital OS, um, and that that idea now is symbiotic across all their 
OS lines that you have Mac OS, iOS, and Watch OS. Right, it's just a naming simplification. It's right. that uh, makes it easier. I mean, the, I mean, they're always going to share fo- share features. That that's plain. the the big The big question for me is, in practical terms, what's the difference between an iPad and a twelve inch MacBook? And I think the answer is not very much. There's there's a very slim degree of separation. I could really Touch see both of those running the exact the OS, same platform. USB C. Yeah, but you've got the same basic idea. You've got a Little machine keyboard, with one keyboard. port. You plug it in and it powers up like an iOS device, right? It's very, Three very inches. iPad-ish. Well, two and a half. Very, very iPad-ish. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. And, and obviously, uh, a, a bigger iPad that they've rumored even further closes that gap. I, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the I new see... scheme of the developer program lends itself well to this too. Um, that now for, one for those of you that account... don't know, the Mac OS and iOS developer programs used to be separate. One of the things done at WWDC this year was to converge those together into the Apple developer program. The fact that they're separating this less and less, I think is significant. I, I, think, I think we're onto something. Uh, an interesting future in which these devices more than just coexist, they share so much in common that you can't distinguish them in the same ways anymore. Yeah. I, I also think there's a certain level of um, some of the latest features, the LCAP features and iOS 9 features are so integrated back and forth mm-hmm. that they kind of had to. So it wasn't like things like notes, like when you upgrade one of your devices to iOS 9 and you open the notes app once you upgrade those notes in on that device they no longer sync with a non iOS 9 or non LCAP device so some of those things have to be updated just so that functionality remains and so yeah I think there's part of it's that but certainly part of it is that they want the the developers to have that unified experience how long until we see a unified app store I mean that's the next logical step of all this I you know I don't know and I I had some hopes that with this this rumored iPad bigger iPad Pro whatever they want to call it that that would be kind of the thing that bridges it you know if if this 12.9 inch iPad thing that has been murmured about for a while comes to fruition that maybe that would be the beginning of this merged app store that it could run some apps from the Mac side, the Mac side could run some apps from the iPad side because they're now built for this larger device with more computer-like specs. But I, I still think until you're running an ARM processor on a Mac, I mean, it, until you're running... Is anyone else surprised that this hasn't happened already? That they didn't try to do this I, with the 12-inch? There, there was one announcement, and... Forgive me if I get it wrong. Bitcode was briefly mentioned at one of the things at WWDC. And I I caught this uh, John Syracuse on one of his podcasts talked about it, that it was mentioned like really briefly. But the idea was that um, starting with the watch, they use Bitcode so that the device processor specs and stuff like that don't exist in your code. You create your app kind of 
processor and hardware agnostic. And then when you download the app on your device, the app store then fills in the hardware stuff. Hmm. So it's possible, and, and this is probably down the road a little ways, but it's possible that you could actually have an app where the code for the app is out there, but it doesn't specifically target an iPad or an iPhone or a Mac. And then when you download the app, the app store then fills in, here's the hardware side of the code that goes with this program that could down the road allow you to have an app where a developer builds it. Maybe they build it for the iPad, but you could download it on a Mac and it's going to fill in and say, okay, here's the things that make it different about a Mac because this bit code fills in the blanks, basically. Yeah, I remember something about that. I, I kind of got the feeling it was, at first anyway, it's going to be pointed towards like if you have an app that runs on all the versions of the iPhone. If you're downloading it on uh, iPhone 5 or 5C, it's not going to include the Touch ID code. Um, it'll be, you know, it's, it's not going to include the, the optimized code for the larger screen of the 6 or the 6 Plus. Right. So that was, part of, that was part of their push with, yeah, well, there'll be smaller, uh, smaller executables, smaller file sizes. So, but yeah, so, I can see where I see where you, what you're talking about too. I think it could go that so, way. So short term, it makes the apps a little more size safe and, and it doesn't put crap on your phone for like, there are still right. apps that not, support, not a, there are still apps on apps on the app store that support, uh, I think three and a half inch iPhone four and four S screens that in theory, they could update their apps. And if you had the smaller screen, then it wouldn't load the five and the six images and if you had the bigger screen that doesn't load the smaller ones so you, you save some space mm. and obviously some of the auto layout programming within app codes takes care of some of that because it takes care of adjusting but but in the future it could lay it, it could lay the foundation for a future move to what you're talking about exactly well, um which go ahead oh i'll just agree no oh um Oh, that's what threw us off. Yeah. That, was, that was weird. It doesn't happen. So, um, don't, don't do that, man. So scary. Freaking us out. So uh, if if this does happen uh, down the road, that makes the iPad a bigger productivity tool. And obviously iOS 9 is already kind of doing that. Um, what do you guys think of, of some of the announcements of the uh, iOS 9 enhancements and how that can kind of i don't know pinpoint or allude to a a larger more productive or productivity based ipad well i think the um the two obvious ones are split screen mode and picture in picture split screen mode in particular um, I, I've used it on my iPad Air with the iOS 9 Beta 1. It really doesn't work fantastically well at the 10-inch size. Um, it, it's almost apparent that Apple had something else in mind with that feature, or the feature is dramatically unfinished or something of that nature. But I like to think that we're, we're yet to see something that they're going to do that works really, really well with that. Same with picture-in-picture. You can have something occupying, you know, a, a little four-inch corner on the bottom of your iPad, but 
that's not going to be a fantastic experience is, on a 10 inch screen even, once again is it even a four inch it, it seemed like it was about two i think inches it's yeah, i think it's actually was, smaller than that but was, yeah it was it was a very small very you small can adjust the, the size on it can't you it's like the bottom six I, I, I couldn't even I, I couldn't figure out if I could adjust the size. I guess I didn't tinker with it too much. I watched a couple clips with I it. I think somehow I wound up with it real small and then it got real large and then I I don't know, I was scrolling. Yeah, it. it's, it's I think terrible. we're gonna see some improvements come around beta two or three. Yeah. Um but but one thing I, I do I did notice online that I, I caught was that the uh well, especially with split split screen as Glenn pointed out. Something about it doesn't seem quite right on the the smaller iPad or on the 10 inch iPad, I guess, not the smaller iPad because that's the mini, obviously. Um, but if the alleged resolutions that they're saying this bigger iPad could have are accurate, it would actually allow two portrait apps, or two iPad portrait apps, to sit side by side with the iPad in landscape mode. So you would get the full portrait experience with the ipad in landscape yeah and I, that to me seems it's remarkable very cool Be- because right now you're basically when you when you do side by side you're either getting well you're, you're basically getting the phone view either in phone width or slightly wider than phone width but not much more and so there's certainly a, a missing element to some of these apps that have an iPad experience. If it was a bigger screen, you could get a full iPad-like productivity out of it, I guess. So a terrible segue into more productivity stuff because it was something that I've been curious about. Um, I had both of you guys send me screenshots of your home screens because I want to know how you're productive with your phones. You're assuming a lot. I, I am. Um, and and the screenshots for listeners are posted at magnificentpodcast.com. But I want to know, I don't know who to start with first. I'm, I'm going to start with Glenn because his is, is, is first in our, in our document that we're all sharing. We're just really going to quick look at Glenn's home screen. Glenn has one, two, three, four, five, six apps, seven apps on his home screen. Yeah, that doesn't work. So, Seven apps yeah. on his home screen. Messages. And 11 unread messages, so you <laughs> oh. need to get, your, get on that. <laughs> uh, some of those are, One, are relatively permanent, I'm afraid. Um, messages, passbook, settings, Tidelig. Is that right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's an alternative calculator. Yep. Wemo, the phone app, and Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Not biggest necessarily... productivity app on the App Store, guys. I, I don't Not know how I would be productive in, without Taco Bell. Um, my first question, because there are many, <laughs> if you have, one, two, three, I don't even want to count these right now. If you have like 12 folders on your first home screen, why do you have two more home screens or two more screens? Oh, it only gets worse from there. Ian. Um, and, and from there, wh- why do you need so many folders? Well, you have you have a folder called keyboards. Why couldn't those just go in like a junk folder along with all the other crap that you don't use? Well, because they're not junk, Ian. 
<laughs> but but, Here, but you don't use the actual you don't use the apps at all. Like really the the app I, that's one thing I don't like about keyboards actually in I, since iOS 8 is that you have to download the app and then the app just sits there hmm. kind of in the way because you don't need the app. You actually just install the keyboard through the keyboard option, right? Right. So that then that might be another a whole other topic. And you have you have a folder of navigation apps i sure do i use them all for different things you live in utah what could you possibly need more than apple maps for i travel some of those apps are you know specific location finders some of them are targeted towards dining some of them are targeted towards walking and transit i haven't found one app that works for all of those things so i've got you know a good Nine or ten that I use interchangeably. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, so I, I've spent so much. T- here's here's my problem: is I've spent so much time testing apps. I have tried well over one thousand apps, um, and some of them I just don't have the heart to delete because I know at some point I'm going to find a really compelling use for it, even <laughs> if it's not quite there yet. Some of those I keep for future consideration. Um, some of them I keep because I do use them occasionally, just not extremely frequently. And I have the space, so why not take advantage of it? Right, because you have, you have the tenth of a terabyte iPhone or whatever. Yeah. So part of the problem is um, the, the, the lack of power apps in these categories for me prohibits me from using one or two apps a, instead a I, app. i'm that mixing features from you know six seven eight different apps to get what i want sure um couple interesting things accessories yeah <laughs> i i see the pebble app in there mm-hmm. and i i think i also see pebble plus or whatever you do you, you, you see that you see the martian watch app um uh, there's one for my Meta when Watch. It, There's uh, one for the camera apps that could, that can trigger with the Pebble. Um, just remind me when the last time you wore <laughs> one of those devices was. Uh, yesterday. Yesterday I wore my Which, Meta Watch. So you you are actually switching between the Apple Watch and other watches? Uh, no, I you see I have two wrists. <laughs> <laughs> God. Sometimes I wear up to three watches because. Why not? Uh, if the Waz can have six smartphones, can, why can't I have three? Don't ask him it. where he wears the third one at. Do not ask him. That. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I also can't help but notice that you have a dock items folder. Yeah, I sure do. Because all, because all, all that for, crap that Apple typically stuffs on your main screen that you don't necessarily want there, I still want quick access to it, but I, I don't want it filling up my home screen. Because I've got better things to put there, quite honestly. So that keeps it like, available to me, but like not in my folders way. Folders and Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell's important. That's <laughs> that's my most I, useful app. I, I I do also want to just really quickly comment on the wallpaper, uh, and I know it it is a gorgeous wallpaper, and I did use it for a minute. But you've you've stuck with a, a stock wallpaper. 
Yeah. Is there a rationale behind that, or you just think it looks good and it's nice and dark, so the apps really pop? I mean, it it, it looks nice. Uh, if my wallpaper gets changed, I don't have to go hunting around for whatever wallpaper I had. It's um, it's very versatile. Sure. Uh, my lock screen I change frequently, but my home screen I, I like to stay pretty consistent. Sure. I'll maybe think on that some more and come back to it, but we'll scroll on to Chris's. Huh? What? Uh, We'll look at your home screen real quick. So, right. so Chris has much fewer folders, but I only see two apps not in folders that are not stock iOS apps. One of them is the Outlook app, which I assume you're using because you enjoyed... Um, whatever the previous app was before Outlook that they bought. Actually, I'm using it because uh, it's the way I communicate with a client of mine. Ah. They do works. everything through Exchange and uh, just makes it simpler to be able to follow a lot of uh, documents and things like that. Ah, okay, fair enough. I'd say Accompli was the app I was looking for. I was right. going to say maybe if you were an Accompli user that you would stuck with that. The other app that's on there that's not a stock app is the Amazon Echo app which I know you have on there because you have the Echo and you use it quite frequently. Right. Um, I, I'm i going to comment on the fact that you were giving Glenn shit about his 11 unread messages. You have 400 emails and 29 in, some fo- in your social folder. I assume those are all Twitter things. Yeah, the 29 is because on Facebook, you'll, you'll see like... Actually, Julie just commented about this earlier today. She had like 76 unread uh, notifications for Facebook showing up. But when she goes in, she actually only had six readable ones. And it was because okay. something she commented on two months ago all of a sudden got comments on her comment. Got it. So, yeah, the, the, the social thing between Twitter, which I also have MacTrass Twitter and a few other Twitter accounts I have on that app they continually show up. So, yeah. Sure. Uh, and the four was just simply because those came in just as I took the screenshot. Oh, okay. Fair so, enough. So, you know, up yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take that. So, <laughs> so the, the, the one thing consistent with both of you guys. And yes, is, I, I haven't played seven turns on different games. Too. I, I assume like, that in, was in the, the case. And, you know, the full, you know, full disclosure here. I assumed that was the case is that it was your turn in a couple games and you just hadn't gotten there yet. One thing that I I notice different between the two of you that it kind of surprises me about Glenn more so is that you have an uneven number of icons on your home screen. You were lacking symmetry. And I know (laughs) you enjoy symmetry Oh God. Most of the time, I mean, oh, you organize oh your Apple Watch symmetrically. <laughs> so it, it's weird to me that the Taco Bell app is in a row on its own uh, versus Chris has now filled the entire phone screen. Every row, every spot possible, every spot in the dock. Yeah, there, there's there's few things I, I'm OCD on, but I like my screens packed. M- must uh, be I, I, full yes. rows at least. Yes, I, I yes. would submit to you that uh, I just changed that based upon your mention. 
you're, you're now looking at it going i, I, I am uh, now looking at a symmetrical God, screen right. thank you very much how did i miss this so what did you move oh my God. Uh, i moved the wemo app into my dock utilities okay so taco bell stayed on the home screen and wemo got relegated to a folder yeah so now you have an empty row so yes i do so i guess for both of you what what are the most used apps then? Like, Glenn, you have so many folders. How could you possibly... I, I assume you use Search for everything. Well, you part, of it is, use... part of it is Search. Part of it is that I have memory of where each of my apps are at this point. How many of those apps on your home screen, on that first page, do you actually use with any regularity? Half. Okay. Sounds about right. It's about right for me, too. And I, I know, Chris, you have, uh, what, six, seven folders on here? The health one I'd like to point out that the, the, the health folder is there totally by mistake. <laughs> the it health? must have gotten there when I was moving around some stuff. So that, I'll take care of that later. <laughs> Did, Unlike Glenn, I can wait until this is over to move things around. What, well, that was, was just it? such a startling revelation. I had to act now. So, In, in most cases, I do find myself, except for... I mean, I know basically what's in my business and my social, and most of the most used apps that are in those two folders are on the first screen of the folder. Sure. Uh, but for quite a few apps, I just end up swiping down and typing the first few letters and yep. going and, and search. It's easiest. Same thing for me. And and if you guys have comments about my home screen, you're more than welcome to to let those go as well. But my home screen, on the other hand, what is this? Is this page two? Oh, no this folder. Is this? Glenn's is the uh, Glenn sent us the revised home screen. Oh, with, I'm glad you did that because I would have been asleep. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, my my home screen not a single folder, and you'll also notice something kind of different about my dock from the others. And this Only is three icons. And this is something my wife keyed me on to. There's something visually very satisfying about seeing the asymmetry of the dock from the rest of the screen. And I think we've both my wife and I have been doing this now since our iPhone fours that we've only had three icons in the dock instead of four because they stand out. I don't like that phone is one of those icons because I use my iPhone almost never as a phone anymore. Uh, other than, you know, to call my dad on Father's Day and say Happy Father's Day, my mom on Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day, and call my wife occasionally uh, when, I, when I don't call from Siri or from my watch or, you know, one of the other 900 ways to call. Um, so I, I'm not real happy with, with phone being there, but any comments curiosities about mine? I, I wouldn't mind being able to add a fifth row of, of icons to my bottom. Or, or and, and I think that would be that would be fine with me also. I, I ha- my iPad is that way. I have the fifth icon uh, on the dock. But something about seeing, I guess, an odd number there. I mean, it seems like on the six plus at the very least, they they could do they could do it. I don't know why they don't. Yeah. Just because. Probably because it would look weird in landscape mode. Could be. I don't know. I'm also curious about the. The reason you guys lay out your apps the way you do. Organized chaos. Because like, I I guess like you have you have passbook kind of just hanging out 
in the middle and then you have a calculator lower and then settings is hanging off on the left it, it this stuff is actually all based on my thumb and ease of access where my thumb typically rests so the settings is actually the easiest one for me to get to in most cases um, phone, so phone is the second easiest your... one for my thumb to reach calculator is third easiest passbook is fourth easiest it's all about how my thumb stretches and how i hold my phone sure so you're a left-handed phone holder no no i'm a right-handed phone holder and settings is the easiest for you to get yeah Yeah, because my my thumb naturally i mean I, i i support the middle of the back of my phone with my with my fingers so my thumb naturally rests on the far side of the screen so you hold your phone like an ape like an ape like a spider monkey more like a spider monkey no you're way like, yeah. oh, well you ha- you do have a six plus so you're kind of holding it like a go like a like it's going to fall out and and crash no way guys this this is this is natural that that to me seems like about the like that that means messages is the most complicated app and taco bell is a close second for most complicated no taco bell's think. really easy all i gotta do is curve my thumb well now now it's moved so that's going to take some new muscle memory. Yeah, you just threw everything up. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it's all and, our fault. And Chris, I, yours kind of is seems like, with the exception of the navigation folder, you just left the stock icons kind of where they fell. You know, I use them a lot. I, I'm not arguing that. So, they, 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 I mean, that's just the main reason. Um. Is there an ease of access? I, got, I think I got rid of a few things like stocks and stuff like that. I think I've stuck them in utilities or something else on, or uh, miscellaneous or something on the second screen. Sure. But uh, I mean, down in the home row, those are the four apps I usually use most. I'm always going into settings, dicking around with those. Sure. Safari, checking stuff, mail continually. It's... Phone, I have it down there. I don't use it as much, but I have it down there just because I don't have to look for the icon when I occasionally do need to use it. Sure. I, 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 did, I do, I'm just now noticing that Glenn is the only one of us who doesn't have camera directly on the home screen. Now, can I assume that's because you use Control Center to get to your camera? Yep, I always swipe up quickly? from the bottom for that. Okay. And for me, I've because before Control Center was a thing, camera was always the app that I put in the top right. Yeah, and so same way with me. So now it's just stayed there. It's like, well, that's where camera goes. It's forced to have it. Photos is next to it on mine because it goes to camera. One one thing that's notable um, is that the iPhone six plus completely changed the way I lay out my apps. It also completely changed the way that I hold my device. Um, the way that my thumb moves on a six plus is different than how it's moved on any previous phone because I'm supporting it by the back end middle rather than curving my entire hand around the edge and using a wallet case like the book book has also significantly changed the way i hold my iphone and therefore my app layout interesting i i also really quickly want to just comment on chris's wallpaper hey i like coca-cola what can i say yeah i'm sure that's it that's Um, it that's uh, nothing to do with the coke pinup is there something is there right. something else on there? Oh, there is a girl on there, isn't there? <laughs> she's covered. Up, she's covered up by the icons. Yeah. What a surprise! Most, most yeah. of the strategically laid out icons cover everything up. So. <laughs> uh, 
I'm just glad I changed my wallpaper recently. Otherwise, there could have been more conversation. Are those regulation Coca-Cola shoes that she's wearing? Because I think they are. Those are. (laughs) They have been since the 50s. And they make those in a special uh, factory in Taiwan. And I can give you the number off the air because I don't want them to be deluged with calls. The 50s, incidentally, was like five years they, ago for Chris. So, and, and they do make it in your size, Glenn. The, those shoes do come in your size. So, What size would that be, Chris? Um, based on your <laughs> spider monkey-like hands we discussed earlier. <laughs> spider monkey? 18. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about the... The, gorilla the icon the way to the left was able, was the easiest to reach, so you'd have to have spider monkey hands to go over no, there. That's just because the tendons don't want opinion. to curve inward. That usually doesn't happen until you're in your 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I may be oldest in age, but I'm not sure about physical age. All right, so the uh, the last icon that I want to comment on is the one that's actually not on Glenn's screen. Uh, not on his immediate home screen, although I did earlier when I was looking at this see it in a folder, and now I've since lost it. Uh, it's down there in one of the dock items. Um, it's it's the music app, and that to me seems like the perfect segue into talking about Apple Music. And will that will that app make its way out of the folder when Apple Music comes about, nope. or is it going to stay in that folder? Going to stay in that folder forever. Perfect. Um. <laughs> One one of the big Apple Music news things this week that I I wanted to quickly touch on before we get to the something of the week is the uh, certain former country artist who is basically disallowing her newest album on Apple Music at launch, and that would be Taylor Swift. Um, She tumbled, blogged, whatever they call that, posted on her Tumblr that she's not putting it on there because she doesn't feel it's fair that Apple's not paying artists and labels and whoever else that Apple would pay normally um, anything for the three-month trial because it's basically shorting artists from necessary income. Uh, Do you think that's a valid argument or is it just her trying trying to be kind of a hero and... Missing the boat. You know, it's it's hard to say. I can really see the merits of both sides. Um, I think I think Taylor's argument is a very very good one. Um, it doesn't seem right, prima facie, for artists not to get paid during that three months, especially right now, where it means. The first three months that the service exists, nobody's getting paid. But there's an important bring up here, and that's that I'm not so sure everybody has 100% of the facts on this. For instance, we don't know whether it's just the artists that aren't getting paid. We don't know whether studios aren't getting paid. We just don't know that Apple's not giving anybody any money for these, these first three months. Um, Apple has not made that clear. It's mostly speculation at this point. Um, Now, isn't it, I guess to me, it seems like the only reason it's a big issue is because come June 30th, you're going to have tons of people hit the service all at once. Mm -hmm. Like, 
isn't it only a huge deal because you could have millions of listeners all hit at the same day and go for three months without paying? Like, yeah. If they if they quietly released this or released it country by country, would it be as big of a deal? Because you'd have mm-hmm. it in smaller little pockets where you had, or if it was only a week trial or a month trial, wouldn't that make a difference? No, I, I don't think it would. I think it's a matter of principle at this point. Um, it's 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 Apple saying that the artist should bear the brunt of the cost of exposure, which I think is a, a little bit presumptuous on Apple's part, especially where they've traditionally been so pioneering towards the music industry. Sure. Of course, on Taylor's part, it's interesting that she's not pulling her music or the new album from the iTunes store as a protest. Well, that's because no, she's and, still going to make money that way. Her point right, is that artists right, should She's going to make money there, so she wants to make sure that you know somebody's not going to be able to listen. And it, she's she's basically said that after the the three months is up, what end of September or whatever. Yeah, the end of September. And July, August, yeah. Yeah, that sh- that she's fine putting her music into Apple Music once people are paying their ten dollars or fourteen dollars a month. She's she's fine with it. So to me, it. I guess if you're gonna boycott the service, boycott the service. If you're not, don't. And. No, I, I think right. we've got a distinction to make here. She is boycotting the service. She's specifically boycotting the Apple Music service. She's not boycotting but, all of Apple. She never claimed to be it, boycotting but all she's of Apple. Not, it's only the 1989 album. Right, it's, it's only her, her album that just came out. Stuff, right? Her, which, her, back, her back catalog's still going to stream. Which it, it, it that is. in itself is, is a... The back catalog being there is, is a win for Apple because she pulled all of that from Spotify and Beats. Yeah, and, and she and just flat her, out said her, no. Her point with, with this is that that music is already well-established. Part of part of her argument was that this isn't really about her music. This is about what happens to new artists, what happens to independent artists who aren't already well established, who aren't already making enough money to pay all of the recording and all their staff through their gigs and their shows and the services that they subscribe to. They might be in a pinch for those three months. Um, she made it very clear that she's not going to be in a pinch but she wants to do something that's going to make an impact. And, and, and for her, pulling her most recent album is that thing. So is there a, a way for Apple to, to fix this short term, or do they just let it blow over, let the three months happen, and then move on? I, I think the right thing for them to do is um, to give artists at least something for that three months. My my other thought that was a possible option that I'm sure won't happen would be to offer like the the free version that comes with the tri- or the, yeah, the free trial or whatever. Have it be like a free trial that you get with every other service out there. It seems like where it's not a full maybe not streaming services, but a lot of other things. It seems like oh well, the free trial you get everything, but it's kind of limited. So why not say oh well for the ten for your three months that are free you get to experience all the features of it, but you maybe don't get all the content. Or after or you, after you a week or ads. two, or there's ads. Yeah, so then after a week or two, if you're like, I love this, here's my money now, I'm going to start with the full version. See, and but I, I don't know if that's really a fair trial, because you're not really getting a chance to look at everything they have to offer. Um, 
I, I but, think there's another the thing in Apple's favor here. I think there's another thing going in Apple's favor here too. Um, Apple says that they pay a slightly higher percentage of each stream to artists after that three-month period to compensate for their trial being so long, which, I mean, and, and, and the reality of it is their, their 90-day trial is three times as long as, as what any other service is offering. If that's true, that they have a compensation scheme that takes place after the fact, maybe this is a little bit overblown and overthought on Taylor Swift's part. The other thing that becomes an issue is a lot of times that money from Apple goes to the label or the distributor. It goes to Universal or whoever, and then it's up to them to then divvy that out to the artist or (laughs) whoever all the other pieces are. So then, so all of a sudden, this three-month trial becomes six or eight or ten months before an artist maybe sees their few pennies of it. Yeah, but that's, that's not Apple's Music problem. Labels that's, are notorious that's the recording that. industry's problem. And, and the recording industry is notorious for screwing over their artists, yeah. uh, not showing profits on uh, hit albums, same as the movie uh, movie studios do. Yeah. So, I all all I know is that there's one thing for sure about it, and that's that the more that Taylor Swift talks about Apple Music and how she thinks it's unfair the more light she shines on Apple Music. Because I know there are a lot of people who don't know that the service is coming. And so now every Taylor Swift fan out there, a diehard Swifty or whatever they go by, is is now being exposed to this new platform and this new way to listen to her old music and eventually her new music also. So if, if nothing well, else, think... you now have celebrities basically marketing kind of for Apple, even if they're marketing in a... This isn't fair, but I'm still going to play ball. There is no bad publicity. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, obviously that's, that's Apple's... Uh, Phineas T. Barnum's big line. No such thing as bad publicity, though. And, and obviously, Apple's perpetually doomed anyway, so I guess what's another... Right. What's another reason yeah, they're doomed screwed. this week? Yeah. I think we're missing the most important question here. What's that? Will Taylor, will Taylor write a song about all this, just like she has every other breakup she's ever had? It's going to be called Tim. in fact her whole next album might just be about this teardrops on my i just can't imagine i mean (laughs) as soon as as soon as a breakup breakup happens with her or adele they immediately run to their notebook and begin writing down how horrible the guy was absolutely that's how life works yeah so on that note um let's let's real quick go over our something of the week and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, my something is is what I spent my part of my weekend doing, which is watching Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3. It's available as a bundle on iTunes. It has been for a while, uh, but I finally, you know, fought the dinosaur and, and paid the money for it. So it's, it's $19.99, and you get Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3, and... They're in beautiful HD quality, and it's a perfect way to remind yourself of what those are about before you go see Jurassic World. Cool. I'll go ahead with mine. Um, Even though I don't own an Apple Watch, I noticed this earlier this week, and I think it's a really cool little app. It's called Power. What it does is uh, allows you to monitor the battery level of your iPhone from your wrist on your Apple Watch. 
So it saves having to take the watch out or, or run over to where you're charging. If you're charging your iPhone across the room, you still got the connection with the Apple Watch, so you can check and see how much time you've got left to, uh, or how much charge you've got already on the phone. Sure. Um, just a little swipe up from your watch face, and you get to see the remaining battery life percentage. I think that's a cool little app. And for 99 cents, I think a lot of people find it's, uh, it's worth a buck. For sure. Glenn, what's your something of the week? Is my, there a something of the week for you? Yeah, yeah, there, there definitely is. Uh, my, my something of the week... Uh, There's always something for Glenn. It's um, 12 South's excellent products lineup for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Um, I, I spent this week not using my book book case um, because I, I was starting to become concerned with the idea of having all my cards so close to my phone and you know, what, what happens if my wallet gets stolen. Well, you know, I'm losing both my iPhone and all my cards. Um, I made it four days. You can't even use Apple Pay to buy a new one. I made it four days, and I had to bring back the book <laughs> bookcase. Um, it's it's just so well made. It's got a nice little stand for video. Um, they've got them for the iPad, the iPhone. They've even got them for Mac. Um, fantastic cases. I I can't do without. So that's my something of the week. Perfect. Cool. Any other last uh, last requests before we? Call this a wrap. Any last requests? And we're back to Doctor Evil. <laughs> I'll I'll throw on I'll throw on a quick bonus something of the week since this is our 007 episode. Uh, the entire James Bond series is available on iTunes, and that goes all the way up through uh, Skyfall. So I think that's not an Spectre because it's not out yet, obviously. Um, but the entire 23 movie collection is available for a hundred bucks on iTunes. Um, and so there's that. The, the only other something I would recommend is, uh, Disney Pixar's new movie inside out. Um, they've, they've had close ties with Apple in the past. I've got to say it's one of the most innovative movies I've seen probably in the last 10 years. Really, really solid concepts, really solid animation. Really nice. solid voice I, I'm, acting. So I'm very much looking forward to to catching that. Yeah, if so. anybody hasn't seen the movie Inside Out, uh, boy, you you really ought to. It's it's uh, it's far far better than I thought it would be, which is pretty amazing because my expectations were very very high. Good. Hmm. Well, on that note, uh, my thanks once again to Chris and Glenn for joining me today. And as a reminder, you can find Chris on Twitter at clhelk and posting stories over on MacTrash.com. Glenn can be found on Twitter at TheGlenja, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian Fuchs. And thanks again to our listeners for joining us on another edition of Magnificent. If you have any questions or topics you want us to discuss next week, uh, tweet us with the hashtag AskMagnificent, and those get populated into a little Excel sheet for me, and we can try to respond to those and get some feedback from you guys. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a rating or review in iTunes, or even better, share it with your friends on your social media things, because... The more listeners we have, the more our audience grows, the more the love goes. So, with that, uh, where we go, love grows. That's right. (laughs) So that's our new that's our new slogan. We should have that. Thanks, guys. And uh, (laughs) thanks a lot. Have a great night. (laughs) You too. Night, everybody. Good night.
about you, where I go, nothing grows. 